Welcome to the Radical Lifestyle Podcast, where you will be inspired by the past, equipped for the present, and prepared for the future, as we engage in conversations with people from around the world. Okay, today we want to talk about a subject that we have to address all over the world. And when we do conferences, we speak to leaders, there's often a lot of hurt and pain uh, when they share with us about the problems that they're facing with their kids because a consequence of their work in the church has meant a lot of hurt and pain for their children. And so we want to talk a bit about the subject and explore one of the reasons why this is that we found all around the world. And when we talk to people about it and give them our thoughts, it um, it helps them realize you know, what it is that, that maybe they've been doing, which they can improve on to make this experience much more uh, a healthy experience for them, for their family, for their kids. So we want to talk a bit about this. I guess we can I'll give an example of, of what we're talking about, a place where we've been, mm-hmm. where um, people talked about this this struggle that they're having. Uh, and then let's, let's dive into to some of this issue. So um, this was last year, we were in Brazil and we we're doing a, a conference and during a break, we we're meeting with probably 25, 30 pastors, uh, people in ministry from all over Brazil. And they, they proceeded to talk to us about their hurts and pains within the family um, and how a lot of their kids had got into all kinds of problems and had walked away from the church or from the ministry. Um, not that they were in ministry themselves, but because of the hurt and pain that they had been dealt or that they were walking through because of their parents being involved with ministry, um, these leaders in this meeting just broke down. All of them started weeping. Hmm. So we started to dive into the subject. And what it came down to was the question of God, ministry, family. Now, we often hear it over the years, people talk about these three things and people are constantly wrestling with the order what yep. comes first, second, third? Yeah. Now, naturally, people go, "Well, God is first, mm-hmm. and then it's a, a wrestle between family and ministry." And often, the way it's fleshed out, it's God, ministry, and family comes third. It's the least important of those three things. And as a result, there's all kinds of hurt and pain as we walk through these things. Of course, if you put family before ministry it presents problems because you're very often being paid and even if you're not people have an expectation of your priorities for ministry and you're being pulled on people don't understand if you're not there for them it's perceived you're not doing your job well if you're not done it so even if you flip it around the other way there's problems right and in reality if you're in a paid position Mm. the bosses or whoever's put you in that position in the church will be expecting you to meet the requirements. Yeah. And often the requirements is that you meet the ministry needs and family is put on the back burner. And And I'm not saying it's necessarily their fault, but it's a bit of a blind spot when it comes to this issue. Yeah, and, and I don't think when they appoint someone, they think your family will come third I don't think they think that it's just something that happens with the pressures and of course lots of the demands of ministry are when children are home from school or weekends I mean weekends when the kids are off on a Sunday how do you put 
how do you put family before ministry on a Sunday? It, it is a dilemma. Mm. So the natural outworking is that ministry comes before the family. Very often. And so um, we often give an example. Um, give give the negative example first, and then later we'll talk about um, how we see it fleshing out if a, a pastor or a ministry leader's at home and they get a phone call. Yeah, so well, give give the give the example of how that would normally flesh out. Yeah, well, often let, let's say Sunday you get up, um, probably the father or or the mother they have a um, worship leading or they have a preaching. I have to get to the church and um, say everything's okay before people start arriving. So they probably say bye. We're off jump in the car and they've gone they get to the church they're praying they're seeing to people the children arrive they go off to the children's ministry youth ministry or they're running around just waiting um and then the father if, even if they're in the celebration with the parents the father's often sitting at the front and the children are sitting at the back um afterwards they are talking with people the children might want their attention but the father is talking with other people or the parents are talking with other people they can't get their attention they go home parents are exhausted they might just put their feet up after lunch but half of the day on a Sunday is spent in separation but can I bring this back to the question we asked at the beginning about what comes first second and third yeah, well, if you're going to give our response to it, I was going to save that. Oh, okay, let's save it um, then. Only people so wondering. people can wonder okay. how we see those three. Okay. Um, the the other example we often give is is if a pastor or ministry leader's at home, uh, let's say it's not Sunday, and right. the phone rings, and someone says, um, someone from the church, from the ministry is in hospital, they're mm. sick, they need someone to go. So, yeah. and this is something that ministry leaders they do all over the mm-hmm. over the place. They go visit people from the church who are in hospital and so if they're down for a family meal uh, the phone rings you get this call they're normally up leave leave the wife the kids mm-hmm. are at home they then go off and then they're gone for the rest of the evening or that night um, praying for this person from from the church so the the negative side is then the family has been left out they've been left behind they're not a part of it the parents have been taken away from them during what is often maybe the family time. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and then you've given numerous examples of how families left out as well during a Sunday, maybe because the parents mm-hmm. are off doing what they do. So we, we find this question that people are wrestling with all over the world. This isn't a new thing. And, and often people tell us this is something they're taught in seminary as well, that, you know, there are these three things you have to get the order, right? The priorities straight. And often as a result, again, family comes and of course when the parents go or when the children are left out or they can't haven't got access to their parents often when they need them not just want them um who are they going to blame i mean they know their parents are in ministry because god called them i mean that's standard statement god called us in we're doing this for jesus we're serving him etc etc so who are they going to blame they're going to blame God and blame Jesus because what he has asked the parents to do causes them pain and they're hurt I I can remember an example there was a worship leader and she was I think it was a worship practice 
or it was before the service anyway, and the worship team was singing. And this child was probably about three. And another person was holding the child at the back of the church while the mother was leading worship. And the child was crying and crying to the mother. And she was reaching towards the mother. And of course, the whole thing is, well, you mustn't interrupt. So the other person took them out of the room and that child was crying to the mother. So even at that early age, here is the pain of, of I can't access my mother. Three years old, I need my mum. And she is worshipping Jesus and I can't access her. So that was an example that really touched my heart when that happened. Mm. And of course, in a minute, we can talk about how all these examples can be redeemed, can't we? Yeah. And we did a conference in, um, I think it was South Korea. There's a few thousand pastors. And again, almost all of them had issues on this front because of a message passed on from their parents that God had told me to do this. He's put us in this position mm. as a result. There's a cost on the family. Yeah. You're least important. Um, other priorities come before you. And so this is this isn't uh, something where just a few people are wrestling with this. This is something actually worldwide that they're all dealing with. And of course, it hasn't got to be people in full time ministry. Right. It's often with children's pastors, youth pastors, um, leaders of small groups in any area of ministry. When it comes to God called me to do it, yeah. we're entering a whole other realm it's different from secular work and right. then they just straight blame the parents yes i mean that's a straight deal you've got yeah. this job and you're doing it this one though has a big backlash right. because ultimately it lands on god's doorstep god gets the blame for this yeah. one he put you in that position i'm hurt because of the yeah. position god's fault yeah so often they end up rebelling against god the church walking away and getting involved with all kinds of stuff and and the parents kind of get the backlash for that often although there are cases where they inverted commas just blame god and and the, still maintain a good relationship with the parents right. um which of course is devastating um but often the parents get the backlash as well but the ultimate person who who gets the blame is god himself because right. they responded to his call yeah so god Family, ministry, the question we often get asked is, what order do these go in? Well, and so our response to that is... It's the wrong... You can't answer it because it's the wrong question. Right. So what is... I mean, it's not even really a question, no. but the answer to the wrong question is... It isn't first, second or third. The answer is integration. Okay. Integration. Yeah. So there is no first, second, third. No. Obviously, God, overall, obviously, that's a priority. But how do these three things then work together? But it's God in my family, God in my ministry, my family involved in my ministry, my ministry involved in my family. And it's an integrated, you know, you can't say, well, it's God first and family third because God is in your family. And God is in your ministry, but where where it isn't um, connected often is my family is involved with my ministry and my ministry is, is part of my family. So mm. there isn't any pulling or tugging. And um, yeah, uh, that is the answer we give. And it's interesting to see pastors' reactions when they hear that, isn't it? 
Yeah, it makes sense. I mean, the the room of the pastors in Brazil, they all just wept. Yeah. And they realized what they'd done. They said, we haven't been taught. We were told this other way in Mm. seminary. No one ever told us about this. Um, So let's go back to a few examples that we talked about earlier in the negative. So let's go with the worship leader. Yeah. And what ended up happening after they'd heard this? What, What was their response? Well, I actually addressed that at the time because I was in leadership in the church myself and I knew the people really well and I went after the person who took the child out the room and I said give them to me and the child knew me so she came and I walked back into the hall I walked right up the front where the worship leader was and I put the child in the worship leader's arms and of course the child tucked her head into the worship leader's shoulder and just cuddled and the practice went on with the mother cuddling this little girl she didn't interrupt it. And even if she had, even if she had, you can't worship Jesus with your own child in pain. I, I can imagine where Jesus' eyes would have gone and where his attention would have gone. And so, you know, it just brought it together to integration. And that child was in the mother's arms during the worship. And she calmed down and she just hugged and the mother continued on and the worship team continued on. And I think it's that same person maybe it's a different one um, where the girl just wanted to be with her mum in the church and so they ended up taking up a children's keyboard because the mum played the keyboard that was a is that the same person, one a different yes. person yeah so similar situation mm. though uh, and so this the child wanted to play the keyboard with her mum she had a mm. little children's mm. one didn't work wasn't plugged in or anything but they set up her keyboard next to her mum's keyboard Mm. in the worship team so while her mum was leading worship and playing the keyboard she was just worshiping away playing her keyboard next to her mum yeah and and the father was on the front row you know we're not talking about disrupting ministry right but we're not i mean that child been running around the platform and and just playing up i would not have been happy with that yeah we're not talking about raising children in an atmosphere of irreverence or Um, disruption i mean yeah. you, you've got to be disciplined in every area of life yeah. so the she father, was she was fully engaged she was engaged and the father was in the front row ready just to go and get her or for her to go back to the father so yeah yeah don't give the impression that that we allow kids to run riot because right. you know with no. discipline is high on the agenda but yes i mean the creativity to integrate your your family is is what's needed yeah okay let's go to the other example where um, families at home having a meal, the phone rings, someone's sick. Hmm. What, what happens? What, well, what could people do? Well, people could do it. So the father picks up the phone, says, yes, so-and-so is in hospital. Let's all stop for a moment, gives them a piece of paper, write something for so-and-so. What's Jesus saying to them? Write a prayer. Let's pray. Let's lay hands on these. Puts them in an envelope and then looks around at his children and say, whose turn is it to come with me? And of course, all the children go, me, me, me. And he says, no, it's your turn, Johnny. You come with me. And the other's going, oh, and they say, no, your turn will be next time. So they get in the car and they head off to the hospital. And what are they doing in the car? They're talking. They may be singing. They're having fun in the car together and sharing. They're having quality time. And you get to the hospital and um, you take something for the child to do. Well, there if you're going to be fully engaged but you take the child in the child with you prays for the person now this has got to be presuming you've got access and the, and the person isn't so desperately ill I'm, I'm talking about the average thing and um, you pray for the person and the child gives the letters to them 
and spend what time you need to. And then you say to the child, shall we go for an ice cream or drink on the way home? And, oh, yes, let's do that. So you may do it in the hospital on the way home. And you go, what would you like to have? And you have that time together again. And you get home, maybe the other children are in bed. And you say, well, you had a late night. Let's go and pray together and I'll tuck you up in bed. Thank you for spending that special time with me. And so the father leaving the house, or it could have been the mother, becomes something special. that The children are actually fighting for it to be that turn. It becomes a blessing. It becomes something they almost long for because they're going to get special time with you instead of it being the thing that tears you apart. Mm. And then, I mean, even bringing it back here with us growing up, um, when we were kids, uh, you integrated us into the ministry. Um, If you were speaking at a conference, you knew ultimately your first goal was to to raise me, uh, my younger sister, your daughter um was to to train and prepare us before it was to train and prepare anyone else yeah and so if we were at a conference and we would be like six years old or something or really young not much to to say to help anyone really we'd be at a conference a couple hundred people and before you would start speaking to train other people you would bring us on onto the stage you would give us the microphone and say is there anything you want to to tell them and um i probably talked about manchester united or something really deep and profound <laughs> uh, and moved everyone and converted them to the manchester united ways anyway so uh, you know we would do that and after i had nothing to say give you the microphone i would walk off and and then you would carry on with the conference um but you also served you you were at the book table you were part of that you felt we had responsibility yeah. and yeah. and i did consult with you about things now you were never made responsible because it was mine but we even had examples where both you and your sister had checks in their heart about where we should go right and and it didn't make sense but i took notice and in actual fact you were right Mm. yeah um yeah so even people would see you doing this incorporating us into the, the things that we were doing and often people talked about, you know, we would share the message, the we would speak about the message from the from the pulpit or from the platform, and they would say, but you know, we've seen this happen with you, which is the the best example. Um, and even with what you are talking about, you know, one example of that would be um, my younger sister loved, still does, going to the U.S. and we, um, I, I don't know how old she was at the time, but. Uh, she felt like we shouldn't go to America, which was very odd. So you, know, you don't want to go to America? She's like, I don't know, something doesn't feel right. So we end up speaking to the people who invited us to go to New York to speak at a mm-hmm. conference and uh, made the decision off of her feeling mm-hmm. like that, that it was probably right that we didn't go. Right. Um, as it transpired, we would have been in New York during 9-11. Um, and another example with you, we were going to Kuwait, and, and you were saying, I mean, you were, you must have been about 13, probably something like that. You say, well, I don't, I don't think we should go. And I'm thinking, are you sick? Because you love going to these out-of-the-way different places, and here you are saying, we don't think we should go. Mm. So um, I listened. And again, I have to take responsibility. It's not, it's not about putting adult responsibilities on children, but it's about 
that they feel heard. Mm. So, um, and you do hear them. So I wrote to the people there and I didn't question it. I just said, yeah, we're looking forward to coming. Don't say why. Why? It may not be a good idea to say oh. on the mic oh, okay. specifically why. So anyway, like I wrote to them and said, should we come? And, and they wrote back quite a long email with all sorts of things. Then right in the middle was the clue as to why we shouldn't go because there, there was, was a, a specific reason why we at the time would not have been allowed into the country yes yes so you know we could have arrived at the border and been turned away mm. if you hadn't so you know it, integration includes honor uh, and just going back to something you 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 hinted at it before mm. but we didn't make decisions for the ministry as kids. This isn't about people going, right, we'll give kids decision-making no, no, in no, the ministry. No, no. It was you saying, I want to hear your voice. But ultimately, after you'd heard us, you would be the one that made the, the decision. We know some people hear us giving this kind of yeah. talk, and later on we find out they've put them into leadership positions and they can run no, riot, no. so to speak. So that's not what we're talking no, about. No, but we are talking about developing character and developing... Um, developing responsibility and I can remember that you and Daniela used to do the book table and served and you've always served me right. you've always served me you know it's not just that you wanted the limelight and um, often we didn't want the limelight no <laughs> but I made you take it <laughs> and um, you know you do the book table and I'd come along and start arranging the books and you'd look at me and go uh, I've just arranged them mm. and, and I had stepped back because you did the book table, mm. you arranged it, and whether it was to perfection for me, it was not that it was your responsibility. So responsibility grew. And I think one of the things that happened as you got older, I would hear you talking to me in the kitchen or wherever about something biblical connected with the ministry, the message, and, and you'd be passionate about it. And you kept saying, and when I heard your passion, I would put you on the platform to talk about that thing that you've been passionate about and obviously when you were real small you got away with Manchester United but as you got older it was it was biblical it was God it was to do with the ministry it was to do with the message and you began to take that message on yourself and then I released you to have proper responsibility on the platform so you know you've got to know your kids and, and you've got to raise them in ministry the same as you would in every other aspect of life mm. Yeah, and as we got older, um, like you said, you would help us to find what's our sort of identity within this. Are, are there yeah. certain parts of the, the the ministry's message that we gravitated towards more? And then you helped us to find our way of communicating that. So it wasn't just, you know, we might take elements of what you, you talk about, uh, kind of the backbone of it, and then we would put our own flesh to it uh, and develop that ourselves to the point where now, you know, we have a whole parts that we've been developing ourselves yeah um but i've just thought of one really important thing mm -hmm. there is a big fear amongst people in ministry that they can't make their children special big you know well if my children are seen to come in my office if my children are be seen to do these other things everybody will say well i'm making my children special what about the others you can't do it and that is a huge mm. stumbling block I think mm -hmm. really huge um, it, it's a lie it is a total lie you can make your children special you should make your children special now if anybody had come to me and said that 
you know, we can't make your children special. I would have said, they never did, right? if they had. I would have said, I can make my children special and you can make your children special. You serve Jesus in whatever area, as I do, and make your children special. Because I see so many children being pushed away. I, I would say, especially in children or youth ministry, you know, when the others are all clambering, they push their own children to one side. Yeah, in fact, they proactively make other kids special above their own kids. Yeah, yeah. because they think, well, I've got time with them at home, etc. But I think, what a poor model that is, that families, that other parents see you pushing your own children on one side, because when they're in the ministry, they will. So can I tell a story about that? Mm-hmm. So we were in America, and obviously it was America because the church had a gym. And, and so this isn't disconnected. This is, again, as an example of incorporating your roles and yeah. the family and God all together. So. Yeah, and the issue of your children can be special. Right. Uh, bring, it, bring it all together. So um, I'd been at that church and we'd done pastors' leaders' conference and I'd talked about this issue of making your children special. Anyway, but the next time we went back, somebody who was the caretaker um, swept the floors, etc., came to me and said, Daphne, I was in the hall when you talked about making your children special. Oh, okay. He said, I want to tell you what happened. Okay. He said, my children asked if they could go to the gym with me when I was cleaning it. And I said to them, no, children are not allowed in the gym unless they're with youth ministry, children's ministry, or at certain times, so no, you can't come. He said, then I heard what you said about making your children special. So I went back... And I said to my children, do you still want to come to the gym when I clean it? And they nearly fell over because I'd said no all this time. And they said, well, yes. They said, well, you can. So when I went to clean the gym, they came down. I don't know what they did there, probably played basketball or something, Mm. for the duration when he was cleaning the gym. And he said, it was a while later that the pastor's children came to me. And they said, can we come with you when you go to the gym with your dad? And here is the line that sums it all up. The pastor's children, uh, the caretaker's children said to the pastor's children, no, you can't. Your dad is only the pastor. Mine is the caretaker. And I thought, what a beautiful example that is of the the children being proud of the ministry their father had, seeing the benefits and and over that of saying well well, they're the pastor's kid i'm the caretaker's kid and this is what i do so that is another lie that has gone out yes you make your children special that doesn't Mm. mean you reject others but yes your children can do what others can't Mm. do they can go where others can't go when you're there right yeah god gives you these gifts these positions to be a blessing to your kids not to not to cause them hurt pain but to be a blessing to them. Yeah, and, and if it's not blessing them, then something is wrong. Yeah, some hard decisions need to be made. Yeah, and I wonder how often people sit with their children and, and talk about this with them and say, you know, tell me. And again, I want to repeat, I'm not talking about lack of discipline and kids just demanding this and demanding that. This has to be within the context of healthy relationships and growing healthy kids. And when you say kids, you're not just talking about children. You're no, talking about teenagers I'm as talking well. about teenagers as well. Right. And, and I'm talking about even beyond that. Right. You know, I'm talking about adults as yeah. well. You know, they need to still feel... I mean, obviously it grows in maturity, but they still need 
to know so that they're special. If you go from the other side then, let's go to a church leadership. Right. Say they appoint someone. Now, I, when you were in church leadership, mm. you were overseeing departments. Mm. Um, and I know that when you met with them to, to talk about how things were going, mm. one of your key focuses was on their families. Yeah. So talk about that and then maybe just give advice to maybe churches and how, how they can help their their pastors, their leaders um, with their families. Yeah, I very rarely see, like, if you've got lines of accountability and say you were accountability to me, accountable to me in leadership, the first thing we would talk about is your family. Well, your relationship with Jesus, but it's all, all wrapped up in one. And I would be wanting to meet with your whole family at times and talking and say, how's it going or what's happening and, and honouring the whole family. And yet very rarely do I see that happen. They will meet with the person they're accountable to, talk about the ministry, plans, etc. But family isn't the priority. And if you haven't got healthy family, then the rest of it, 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 I don't think, is going to be healthy because you take that family DNA into it. And, um, you know, I, I see times when maybe you have a leadership day. And, and you've got all the leaders there, and often the husband and wife, but where's the children? Sometimes something is put on for the children, but I think that time needs to be special for the children, something they look forward to when their parents are going, and mm. that there are times when they're integrated together. There is one ministry, Paz, in Brazil, and they actually have special weekends or weeks or camps sort of for retreat. past... For, yeah. for for pastors' children, so that there is something that they feel honoured and excited about and can talk through. So, I mean, the bottom line in all this is if you're caring for somebody, you automatically have a responsibility to care for their family, I believe. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, for those people that are listening or, or watching this, you know, if you're in a position um, within the church, ultimately... Or ministry. If, or, or ministry, you know. Um, y use it to be a blessing for your family. No. For your kids. Because if it doesn't, if it doesn't bless them, the natural order is that they then blame God because he's the one that put you in that position. No. And it's devastating. Um, we see it all over the world, people weeping over this issue a ministry a missionary kids there's the mkpk thing. missionary kids yeah yeah um so you know let's let's realign things mm. let's stop wrestling with this question and please talk to other people about this mm. um you know there is no god ministry family how, what order how do no. we do this it's integration all woven together yeah. using ministry to bless the family um so let, let's let's realign these things and uh, let's see ultimately a kids the next generation being blessed by what it is that god has called you into yes and um there is a podcast we've done by um josiah huber who was raised in ministry and, and i what's it called um, I don't think we've actually oh, okay. titled that one yet. Well, when you see one by Josiah Huber, go and look for it because he's a living example of um, of this on the mission field. And, and I think 
if what we have said today and the principles, etc., he actually talks quite incidentally about the whole thing as he yeah. talks about his life when there were things that happened that could have been devastating mm. but were not. Mm. So I know you're, well, I know in some ways you're an example of it too, but it would be interesting to people to go over and, and listen to his podcast. Yeah. And I'll put the link to Josiah podcast in the description for this one yeah so if people want to see that they can go to the description box for i that. hope this has made at least made people think and and i can imagine we're bringing up some pain in some people they oh could, yeah you know yeah we've seen that pain all over the but, world but i just yeah. want to say something to speak hope into that situation yeah god loves your children more than you do yeah he's after them harder than you are and it is not too late and i was talking to one pastor whose son had just completely fallen away god everything and he lived about three hours away from them and i said to the father have you ever gone to spend a lunch hour with your son and he said he lives three hours away i said yeah have you ever gone just visit him in his lunch hour he said no he said i could go and i could go and visit this person that person while i'm there and go and do this i said no 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 have you ever been just to spend lunch out with your son? Well, I think he thought it was crazy. I said, how would that make your son feel that you would travel three hours just to spend his lunch hour? And he thought about it and he went and he did it. And of course, the son was saying, well, why are you here? Where else are you going? And of course, he could repeat it. He said, I've just come to spend my lunch hour with you. And that was a real turning point in the relationship. Mm. So, you know, look for those moments that, that it is redeemable um, and by adopting this principle of integration even at this stage and of making them special because I think many of these kids know they have um, disappointed their parents they they know that this isn't it and they will so easily feel second rate that mm. they live in that disappointment and so we need to overcome that by mm. saying we are that father who is standing looking for you and we will run to meet you Thank you for listening. If this impacted you, please rate us and subscribe on Apple or Google Podcasts, Spotify or another podcast platform.